I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Steve Rosenberg. Steve is an international commercial airline pilot uh, who has you know, sort of become, uh, I think a lot of people probably know who you are, but have, have become quite a uh, influencer in the real estate space. Um, and I don't want to read your bio and spoil the story, Steve. So for, I'll just say thank you for being on the show today first, that most importantly. Yeah, thank you, Jason. I, I appreciate you having me on and look forward to to chatting and connecting today. Awesome. So why don't we just start, you know, sort of tell people um, your story, give us a bit of your background, and then and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, my, my story is, it's probably different than people, but probably the same, if, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I really never, ever wanted to be involved in real estate. I never wanted to be a speaker or do anything that I do. Uh, growing up as a little kid, I wanted to do one thing. And I, I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised, and I wanted to be an airline pilot. That's all I ever wanted to do. I studied to be a pilot. I went to school to be a pilot. And at 25 years old, I became the second youngest person hired by a particular airline uh, at a major international airline. Um, it had the best job in the world, had the most safe, the most secure job that one could ever imagine. Um, and that held true for about three years until 9-11. 9-11 uh, obviously was a tragic day in history. For me, two days after 9-11 was tragic for me because that was the day I got a furlough notice. And that was the day that I realized that safe, secure job, it was never safe and it was never secure. Um, and basically I was put out on the street with about 50,000 other pilots to figure it out. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you, you know, as an airline pilot, it's a, it's a, it's a good career. It's an esteemed career. And you kind of think, okay, when I get to this level, I'm good. And to, to have that ripped away from you, it's not like you had six months to prepare for it. This was basically, you know, 48 hours. And I was given that notice. And I realized that when you're so specialized in a job or in a career, if you can't do that job or career, you're pretty much useless to society. And going home to tell your wife, I don't know what we're going to do because I only know how to fly a tube around in the sky. And that's not an option now. Um, so, you know, I had to kind of reinvent myself. I uh, learned about real estate. I didn't know anything about it. I just wanted to see what do people that have wealth, what do they do? Um, I knew that eventually, you know, I would get my job back and everything in the airlines because it's unionized and that's how it works but you don't know how long it's going to be. And we didn't even know what the industry was going to look like because that was the first time anyone had ever used an airplane as a weapon. So they didn't know if they were going to go back to government uh, control of the airlines. No one knew. So I started learning about real estate. Um, I had to go to one of those buildings with books in them called libraries. Cause we didn't have YouTube back then. Um, and I, I had to, to check out books and I read a book a week and every week I read a new book all on real estate and building wealth. Um, and so, you know, I, I got a lot of knowledge from that and it was time to take action. I thought I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go conquer the world of real estate. Like I did as an airline pilot. And, uh, I realized that that doesn't happen so quickly. I got ripped off. I got lied to, I got cheated. I got just knocked down and kicked in the face even worse. 
but I kept getting back up. And the reason I kept getting back up is I didn't have a choice. My back was against the wall and I had to figure out a strategy to survive. Um, and so I started winning a little bit more than I was losing. And slowly I started getting into a, 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 a groove. Um, that groove for me was creative finance, creative real estate. I learned about wholesaling options subject to other things like that. Um, before it was even a thing, they didn't even call it back in 2002, 2003. Um, but I did very well. And I bought an apartment complex with a business partner. Um, we bought that complex. We sold that. We thought we were very smart. So we started buying a bunch of houses and real estate has a unique way of just when you think you're very smart and you know what you're doing, it will come like a wrecking ball and it will correct you to let you know you're not so smart. It did that to us. We had about 40 or so houses and we had the wrong strategy for those houses. So we were explained by the, the laws of real estate that we made some mistakes, uh, almost went bankrupt. And we ended up deciding that we needed to run it like a business, which we were not doing. And we created our own management company for self-preservation because nobody wanted our properties. They were so bad. There were low-income properties in Houston, Texas. Um, and we started running it like a business. We had a business coach at the time. We hired one, stayed with that business coach for seven years. And eventually we built that business to one of the fastest growing property management companies in Texas. We were operating out of three major metropolitan cities with 60% of our company running with virtual assistants in Mexico. Um, and we ended up selling it to a venture capital firm for well into seven figures. And I became a vice president at the VC firm uh, for a little while. And that's when I started doing stuff with bigger pockets and, you know, the, 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 the chieftains like Brandon and all the other guys I got yeah. to meet and get to know. And, you know, I, I kind of have evolved. And since then, now I, I, I show people what I've done because the way that we built our business was by using systems, policies, procedures, and checklists, which is what I've learned for the last 30 years as an airline pilot. Um, so I still am a pilot. I fly a Boeing 777 around the world. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that. Um, but I've realized that I had to become a different person. I had to mentally become that successful entrepreneur, not just a, 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 employee that's waiting for a check. And so there's a big shift I had to do over this time frame to become that person. And it's, it's not easy. It's tough, right? It's always easy to go back on what you're comfortable with, but that's not always going to get you to where you want to go. Um, so hopefully that answers your question in a very long way. Hopefully that filled some boxes. No, that's perfect. Um, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that you started with is, is, you know, your stories, stories different, but it's the same. And I, I think, the thing that to me that always strikes me in, in doing these interviews is the most successful people had something kind of punch them in the face. Yeah. Right. So something happened and you have, so you have that experience of feeling what, what that is like and yeah. deciding, no, I don't like that. That's not, <laughs> I don't want to feel that way. And then choosing to kind of turn it around. Yeah. And, and look, I, I, um, nobody likes losing and nobody likes losing money or, or ego and pride, but I, I will tell you, um, and I, look, I still to this day lose. And if you're not losing, it just means you're not pushing hard enough. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. Um, and I, look, I, I still make mistakes on purpose. I, I push myself to that level. When you get that pit of the stomach feeling, mm -hmm. that's me. And, um, I do it all the time. I do it every single day. And people are like, do you ever stop? I'm like, do you ever start? Cause you know, I'm, I look, I'm not giving up and I'm not stopping. And 
I have failed on levels that people won't even win. My biggest lessons were not from my wins. They were from my failures. Had I never bought wrong properties and made all those mistakes in real estate, I never would have built a multi-million dollar company and sold it because that was built on the back of my mistakes, not my wins. So I, I will tell people if they are not failing, they will never grow. And it sounds weird, right? It's, 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 it's almost opposite of what you would think, but that's the reality of the people who are successful. They have all been kicked in the face and punched and knocked down and kind of wondering like, what am I going to do? But they get up anyways. And the ones that haven't, and, and it's funny because I coach a lot of businesses and real estate investors now. I coach businesses all over the world. And my one concern is that the person has never been battle tested. If they've never been through a war, is that someone that I want to trust to run my business? I, I, I'm not saying they can't. I just, I want to see how are they in adversity? You know, yeah. as a pilot, we are trained to deal with emergencies and catastrophes. We don't want them to happen but we train for them to happen because the next time you're on a flight and you see an engine on fire on the wing, you don't want the pilot going, you know, I kind of remember that about 15 years ago, we talked about this, but I'm not really sure what we do next. Yeah. That's not the conversation that you want to hear from the flight deck. Same thing in business. I want people prepared, battle tested and say, you know what? I've seen this before. I'm ready to go at it again. And that that's just my opinion, right? Everybody has a different theory in life. That's, that's the world according to Steve, basically. I mean, I, I agree 100%. I think it, it's a, the, the example about, you know, you want your pilot, you, you can't, there are, there are certain things in life that you, you can't give up, right? Like if something happens, if you're a pilot, something happens in the air, you can't, you can't be like, mm, I don't, I'm, I'm done here. Like Today's really not a good wanna, day for me. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to step out and, and kind of go decompress for a couple minutes. Right. Yeah. It's, it, that's just not an option. And it, and it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a surgeon. And so the, I have people often ask me like, how do you stay so calm? It's like, well, I can't, I can't freak out and leave the OR when something goes wrong. That's right. not an option. So that same mentality, I think a lot of times our background, you know, airline pilot, veterinary surgeon, whatever it is, like sure. it doesn't, fit it doesn't it seems like it doesn't fit in real estate but then when you start to realize some of those actual like mindset and 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 personal um i don't know attributes that you have to handle difficult situations like that actually becomes very very valuable and and a, a especially with what's going on in the real estate market now like this is not a time to panic and do things crazy things like you have to stay calm and, and look for solutions so i've never met anyone and you tell me that that let's say you're in a in a in a stressful situation or you're panicking and you do something out of a knee-jerk reaction maybe even sending a text message i've never met with someone that says you know what that was a good idea i'm right. glad i sent that text message when i was right. pissed off at that guy I've never, you know, I mean, we don't do that. The the better thing, you know, as pilots, we're taught, and I'm sure, I'm sure very similar to, to your profession. The first thing we're taught to do is take a breath and step mm -hmm. back, assess what's really going on, because you could spring into action and do the wrong thing. And you just took a situation and made it 10 times worse by shutting down the one good engine that's not on fire. And so, because, you know, your brain will tell you one thing you got the adrenaline rush and endorphins right. and all that stuff, but it's one of those things that you're, you know, even you talk to spec op guys, you know, in the military that I've had the, the pleasure of coaching and you listen to them and they, they train for the worst case scenarios. I mean, that's the deal. 
And so when you think about that, businesses are not made out of gut reactions and emotions. It's made out of data, numbers, calm, cool, collected, and calculated decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And, and I, it's that's my, I don't know. That's one of my favorite things about like about real estate is it's like, okay, it's a, it's a series of problems, basically like a series of roadblocks that keep coming yeah. and you just have to figure out how to navigate them. And guess what? Nobody's going to die. Like nobody's going to die. And that's like, to me, then I was like, well, guess that that's, then that's easier than what I already do. And it's easier than what you do. It, nobody, don't, nobody's going to die if a real estate ba- deal goes bad. People yeah, lose their know- money. You know, it's it's funny, Jason. One of the things I always tell people when I, you know, when I work with with either real estate or business people, I'm like, look, I get we have emergencies. I get that, but let's really put things into perspective. You having a tenant back out or a contractor not pay you or a deal goes sideways is a little different than me having an engine catch on fire with 380 people on board over the Pacific Ocean at 38,000 feet. I'm not saying I'm not trying to belittle your emergency, but let's put right. things into perspective here. Like right. we, if we handled emergencies the way most people handle emergencies in their business, we would have a lot more catastrophic losses in the airline industry. So mm-hmm. just like with you, I'm sure if they could take a page from our book, think of how much better their businesses would run. Yeah. Yeah. You do, no, no good comes from panic. It just doesn't. It's it, there's nothing good ever happens in a, in a panic state. So, Agreed. um, Tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of, I know you, you built the management company and so yeah. what is, what are you doing currently now in real estate? You know, what's, what's your portfolio look like? What's your, what's your focus? You know, it's funny as you get older, right? You, you, as I say this, I'm almost 50 years old. And, and as I get older, you start redirecting your priorities. We'll say um, the days of me running around, flipping properties, going to home Depot and all that stuff. Th- those days for me, and, and nothing wrong with anyone does it. It's just kind of gone for me. Um, I, I always tell people I make the money from the neck up, right? So to me, it's all about communication, negotiations, and, and conversations. Um, most of my real estate now, I've got I've got a, a, a set of portfolio rental properties here. I've downsized a lot of my single families over the last couple of years um, in, in, in Houston. And now what I do is I'm a lot more passive into deals like, you know, Brandon Turner, AJ Osborne, some of these guys that I'm personal friends with some land development, some other stuff I'm involved in while I'll put money in. It's kind of, I feel in a bit, it's a bit of the lazy way, but I wonder to me, it's like, where do I want to put my focus? And, and I I have learned that we are good at one thing. We suck at everything else, but we're good at one thing. I'm, I'm good at working with real estate investors to understand the mindset of who they need to become. Same thing with business owners, getting them to understand how they can become that successful investor, not the tactical side of swinging a hammer or price per square foot. So that's my, my, my unique ability we'll say. And so that's really what I focus on because when you look at real estate and you, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, um, you know, real estate is a business. It's, it's the four walls and a roof. That's all it is. And some dirt. It's the business model that runs inside of that business that actually will get you the return that you wanted. I could invest with Brandon Turner, but if Brandon was a horrible business person, he may get a great deal on an apartment complex. But if he was not a good business person, which he is because he hires the right people on his team, I would never get the return that was promised. So many people, they focus wrong. I don't say wrong. They focus, they front load their focus on the deal on the interest rate, on the insurance prices, 
but I never hear them talking about how am I going to get this return month after month, year after year in a, in a true business. Now, look, I flipped, I've wholesaled, I've done all those things. I don't really consider those businesses. There's a few people out there that run it like a business. Carl Yarber, my friend, he's one of them because he has a team, but the majority of people that do that, they don't have a business. And to me, the way I was taught the definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that runs without you and has a sale date. And I, I can break that down if you want, but the, the, the main part of that is it running without you. And if you can't walk away for three days, three weeks, or three months, and that business operate on systems, procedures, and policy checklists, you don't own a business, you own a job. And it's probably a bad job at that. And if you can't get yourself out of that job, the less valuable it is, and you have two options I've learned. One is like a plane running out of gas, you will run it into the ground. Or two, you will die with that business. Those are the only two options you have with that type of, well, I didn't even say business, that kind of job. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think, and, you know, using Brandon, a, you know, sort of continuing that example, you, and you mentioned this, the, the the team aspect of it, right? Like Brandon, yeah. Brandon knows, yet he's done lots of, he's done lots of, uh, you know, residential, smaller properties throughout his real estate career, but he sure. also knows he doesn't want to be the guy you know, swinging the hammer anymore. He doesn't no. want to be the guy. And so he has created a team and implemented systems that that literally, and he talks about this, like allows yeah. him to work five hours, 10 hours a week in that business because everyone around him that he's implemented and this vision that he's created are are handling all of their tasks the way that they should be. And so, yeah, you're right. It, 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 so it's like, this their business is created for either to just <laughs> run smoothly like a perpetual motion machine or someday they want to sell it then it it's valuable it'll it'll be valuable someone will want to take on that business so yeah i, I think you're 100% right putting those uh, systems in place in in uh, you know you mentioned you did that with the property management company um and i think you said you know sort of being the passive investor is the lazy way but but you're People need to, as investors, we need to to look at exactly what you said. Look at our strengths, right? Yeah. So, so your strength is if your strength is is spreading this message and take, take, teaching people mindset about whether it's investing or it's running a business or or just life in general, right? That's your strength. Use that to generate income, and then let your income or set your income in a passive investment and allow it to you know sort of grow from there. Yeah. And the reason I say lazy, I, I kind of, you know, tongue in cheek it is because, you know, number one, I, I know how to do all these things. I just, right. I, I don't put my energy into that because look, I'm not as smart as Brandon Turner or AJ or Tarl or any of these guys. So I'm like, you guys are pretty smart. I trust you. I know you, I'm just gonna put my money with you because what am I, you know, there, there's what's called an opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity cost is basically what opportunity am I missing because I'm doing something that I'm good at, I'm okay at, but that's not really my focus. So I, I think of like, okay, what's my highest, you know, use of my time that I enjoy doing? I'm not one that likes doing the due diligence on a on a rental property or 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 an apartment. I just don't enjoy that as much. So why should I do it? I'd rather take a smaller piece of a bigger pie by doing less because I'm basically I'm basically leveraging. Brandon, Brandon's leveraging his team and so on and so forth. They're leveraging my money. No problem with that. I'm getting the return as advertised. Great. 
But what am I doing with my time? Number one, I could be making more money for myself doing what I do and what I like doing. And number two, I'm, I'm basically utilizing leverage of team. So it's like a business. That's just an arm of my business. I'm just leveraging it. I say lazy just because I could do it, but I'm like, I don't really want to do it. And so if I don't want to do it, why should I? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really hard concept for people to to get to it is. in whatever career they come from, right? It's like, yeah. and, and I see it all the time with veterinarians. It's like, you know, you can hire people to do that, right? Like you're the doctor, do you, do your do doctor things hire people to do, you know, the other parts of the business. I'm sure it, it, it's really the same in anything. It's like, figure out what you're good at, plus what you enjoy, right? There's, there's probably things you're good at that you maybe don't enjoy, right? Like you said, you know how to do all of this stuff, you know how to do due diligence, but you don't enjoy it. So figure out what you're good at, and you enjoy, and put that at the top of the <laughs> top of the block, and then and then sort of delegate everything else. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, is so I, you know, I coach a lot of businesses, business owners, and um, uh, the, the biggest challenges that I have are with doctors and attorneys with just getting them to step out of that role because they're so used to doing everything. And I'm like, look, you're a good attorney. You're a good doctor. Doesn't mean you're a good business person. Doesn't mean you have to be a good business person. You've got to put those people around you, but you have to mentally disconnect to realize you don't need to be the smartest person in the room. Now, normally with attorneys and doctors and other professions like that, you need to be the smartest person in the room. So it's it's a hard disconnect because you've been hardwired to think I've got to do all this and I've got to do it right. Letting someone else do it, you know, the, the I've got a, a guy that I coach, he's an attorney and he's a kind of a specialized attorney. And he's like, nobody could do what I do. And I'm like, that's not true. That's the story you tell yourself, but that's not reality. The reality is, is there's probably 5% of what you do that's specialized. 80 to 95% could be outsourced to someone else to a degree. Mm -hmm. But you may have to put the finishing touches on it. But, you know, you don't need to, you know, admit the client. You don't need to scrub them down. You don't need to wheel them into the operating room. You, you don't need to shave them. You don't need to do any of that. You do what you do. Everything else could be outsourced if you let it. And so it's, it's a, it's a mental and that's, you know, getting successful 97, 98% is all mental. 2% is actually the tactical part of what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you, the <laughs> telling someone like that believes that they're the only one that can do that, what they do. It's, it's a hard thing to come to grips with, but it's, it's true. And I, I like, I've, I've heard it from my business coach. Like, he's like, He's like, I, he's like, I, I don't even want, he's like, eventually, I don't even want you doing surgery. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's I'm, what, I'm that, that's I, what I identify I as a surgeon. That's <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's my thing. I do surgery. What do you mean? I'm not the one doing surgery. He's like, what if you're putting other surgeons in place and teaching them to be like you? And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, that, yes, I guess that <laughs> I'm okay, maybe. I'm kind of okay with that. Not fully. You know, it's right. funny is I'll tell you a quick story when we were building our business and, you know, at first, as you're building a business, you're, you're, you know cheap cook, bottle washer, you're doing everything. And me, it was me and a business partner. And as we were growing, we were hiring staff, but I was the one that did all the sales. I had, I had groomed myself. I've learned so much about negotiating, communication, selling. You ask me, I'm the best closer on the planet. Just ask me, I'll tell you, right? right. So I'm closing these deals, doing my thing, bringing in clients. And one day my business partner says, Hey, um, I want to, I want you to interview this salesperson. And I'm like, what? He says, yeah, we're going to hire someone for sales. I'm like, that's what I do. 
He's like, you can't do that anymore. I'm like, no, I can, because that's what I do. He's like, Steve, he's like, there's other things I need you focused on. And if you're focused on sales, you're not growing the company. I'm like, I am growing the company. I'm closing clients. That's growing the company. He's like, no, no, that's a micro part of it. I need you out there on stages, speaking, shaking hands, doing these yeah. big things. And I'm like, but nobody can, nobody can close like me. Like, I'm special. <laughs> and he's like, just try. Sure enough, man. First year, we hire this girl. She smokes my numbers because that was her only focus. Right. I don't think she was better than me. No, she probably was. But but it's it's hard to admit that someone could do what you do because I identified as a sales closer. Yeah. I had to, I should have identified as a business owner. Mm -hmm. And that's the disconnect. You know, when I when we were growing our business, our business coach taught us how to run a business, not to be the best property managers. And so when people would ask us, like, how are you guys growing so exponentially fast with staff and team and, it, you know, virtual assistants in Mexico and all that stuff? We said, we just own a business and that business is property management. We are not property managers. And that's a big mental shift to understand when you're a doctor, when you're a surgeon, when you're an attorney, I'm an attorney. As opposed to saying, I own a law firm where attorneys work. It's a different mindset. Same thing in real estate. I own, I, I own a business and that business is real estate investments as opposed to saying I flip you're identifying as a flipper. The flipping is the strategy. It's not where you're going. So a lot of times we make a lot of real estate investors. They don't identify themselves as business owners, but that's what they really are and what they should be thinking. They just don't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think the last thing you said is, is probably the, the most maybe accurate part of that is that that's, they're not running it as a business where and, uh, and I'm, I say they, I also have this same problem. It, it's a, it's a very hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around and, and, and then implement those systems that you need in place to run it as a business. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of us. Like, you know, you use the sales example. It's like, well, okay. So what if, you know, what, what if you are the best salesperson, the best closer, but you hire two people that are 80% as good as you now you're, yeah. you know, it's, it's like immediately in, in, and it's just hard to look at it that way. It's hard to look at what a business needs to grow. Well, it is. And, and one of the challenges that we, that we all have to think about in real estate or anything is, is again, go back to opportunity costs. If I'm focused on selling the company, the better question is, is what am I not doing? What am I not doing to grow the company? I have a responsibility, a duty, an obligation to the people that work for me to make sure I'm doing my job of building the business and growing it. A lot of times what we do as entrepreneurs, when we don't know what we should do, we go back into our business and we self-sabotage our own companies to need us. And so we're like, yeah, see, I told you you couldn't close like me. Step out of the way. I'll do it. And that's what we do. And so what happens is, is we basically convince ourselves that our business needs us when it really doesn't, but that's what we tell ourselves. When I coach people and I coach real estate people or business people, I ask them, you know, as a, as a leader, as a business owner, what are your duties and responsibilities? Just like any part of an organization chart, which everybody should have just like a business plan in the organization chart, there should be a box for leadership and there should be a job description roles and duties, KPIs, and a disc profile, just like any other org chart. In any business, I mean, real estate is a business. You have income, you've got expenses, you've got more laws and regulations watching you, the business owner of real estate, than any other industry. But yet the people who don't realize that, 
are the actual real estate investors doing it? It's kind of a challenge because they don't think of it that way. But if I said, what are you doing as the leader? What are your duties and roles? Because they don't know. So they revert back to what they know. Everybody goes back to what we're comfortable with. You got to get uncomfortable. You got to live in that pit of your stomach, uncomfortable feeling going forward, not going backwards. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, it, it, and it's, as you said before, it's, it's so much just about mindset. It's so much about believing, you know, instead of believing that you have to be the best salesperson is believing that you have to run the business the best. And and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a really hard transition to make that many, many people come from, you know, that sort of DIY background and, and what you're, what you're used to doing is I'll do everything. Cause I can, you know, I saw someone who didn't do it very well. And so now I have to do it because I'm the, <laughs> I'll just make sure I do it better than that person. Well, it's funny because uh, you had mentioned earlier about, about Brittany um, and I'm good friends with her as well. And um, I, I coached her. Um, and uh, when I first met her at Brandon, at Brandon Turner's mastermind back in 2018, I think we were the first one that Brandon and Tarl had, I met Brittany and she was a DIYer and she was proud of it. Hmm. And I was like, it, 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 I was explaining to her like, that is not the way to grow. But she's like, but I enjoy it. I'm like, you enjoy it until you don't. And then you're going to hate it. And unfortunately you've built a moat around yourself that you will never be able to escape it because you've identified everything. And so I started explaining to her about systems and procedures. And, and, you know, again, we, it, we it's hard to change who you are. You can't just say, well, Steve, you're so smart. I think I'll change my whole ideology of how I do things. But she started realizing like, okay, you're right. And after I put that bug in her head, she's like, you know what? I want to do things because I want to do them, not because I have to do them. Like, exactly. So I started working with her on <clears throat> at the time of systems and procedures. And, you know, obviously she's a very smart girl and she's, you know, killed it and taken off. But it's it's that it's that seed. It's planting that seed in someone's head to say, well, what if? What if you had a business that ran without you? And, you know, again, what I coach people on and what I teach them on is I take the 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 philosophy and the structures of airlines. Because when you look at an airline, there's no better systemization that runs 24-7 all around the world like an airline. If you could put that in your company to where, you know, again, you look at, you go to an airport, you see all these planes from all over the world. Everyone's doing the same thing, but yet planes don't crash. Why is that? Because of the systems, because of the checklist, because of the procedures. Just like I'm sure in medical field, same thing. I remember that book. I'm sure you read it, you know, the checklist manifesto. Where the, where the doctor went and learned about checklists and he went to Boeing and he learned how airlines use checklists. Why? Because it works. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's, no, it's, I mean, that's a really great point. And a, and a, it's, it's such a, it's not even that hard to implement these things. It's, right? it's, it's really not that hard, but it is, it takes a little time. It takes a little bit of, you know, you may have to dial back some of the other stuff that you're trying to get done, but, but in the short term, but then in the long term, putting these systems in place, it's going to, it's going to save you time. It's going to make you function better. I mean, hundred percent there, there's one, 100%. You remember this. And I tell people all the time, this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. You know, you, you may be first, you may be first on, on the first lap, but we're going miles here. We're not doing laps and you've got to prepare for the long haul. If that's your goal, one of the biggest challenges that, that many people have real estate investors, especially, but business owners as well, is one of the first things I'll ask them is, is what's the sale date of your business? And they look at me like I'm speaking bare. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you've got to have an end destination of where you're going. When you get in your car, you don't just get in your car and start driving. 
you pretty much know that you're going somewhere. You get in your car and you use the car as the vehicle, as the tool to get you to where you want to go. I mean, that's kind of the definition of the vehicle, right? It's to get you from A to B. The destination. You, if you just got in your car and just started driving, at one point you would run out of gas or you would get tired of it and you'd go home and say, this sucks. Many people start a business or real estate investments. They don't have that end destination. I know this because I was one of those people at first. And so it's got to be quantitative. It's got to have a date. And it's got to, I mean, when I say date, it's like January 1st, 2028. I will have $50,000 a month in passive income. I will be doing a 35% profit margin at five hours a week. Okay, now we know the destination. Now we have to reverse engineer our business and to get there. So if you come to me and said, hey, Steve, um, I'm thinking of buying this property. My first question is, is, is this in line with the strategy to reach the destination. You may be going northbound on the freeway when you should be heading southbound. And how do I know this? Because I did that. Right. And so always build it with the end in mind, reverse engineer it. And we don't do that. We Many times when we get involved in real estate or maybe we start a business, many, many times we're so busy running away from a life that we don't want to have, but we don't really know what we're running to. So we're so focused. When I when I ask people, one of the first questions I ask people is, why are you doing this? And they'll tell me for the next several minutes all the things they don't want. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want a nine to five. I don't want to be controlled. I I, I don't want to, to be restricted. And I'll ask them, how's that working for you? And they're like, it's not. I'm working more than I ever thought. I have no money. I'm stressed. And I'm like, because that's what you're focused on. How about we flip the script? Tell me what you want, not what you don't want. And sometimes, like, honestly, people will sit there and they're like, you know what? I don't know what I want. I'm like, well, you need to do that before you even get in the car. Because, <laughs> yeah. and, and look, we all do it. I'm guilty of it too. I'm not, you know, I, I did that until I learned. And I wish somebody would have found someone like me to ask those questions. Yeah, I, I laugh because I, I, it, I have been asked that question. What do you want? What's, what, what, what does it look like? What's your exit? You know, what's your exit? That kind of thing. And it's like, sometimes I'm struck by why are those questions so hard to answer? Yeah. Why is it so hard to think about in 10 years, this is what I want my life to look like. It's like, and, and so many real estate investors, again, self-included, like you, you, you think you're looking at this like vision of what you want, but haven't really defined it. And then it just becomes a one transaction at a time. That's very just... I got to get this one done. And then you're like, okay, I got that one. Now I'll put this, well, I got to get this one done. And it's just this like cycle over and over again. And so, yeah, you're, you're so right. It's, it's just something that looking at it from basically just coming in from the total opposite perspective of what does it look like at the end? What do I want out of it? That kind of thing. Like, like And, and when you think about it, everything we do in life, you know, you live in LA. So let's say we decide, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland. Well, you'd probably jump on the five to the 110 to the, to, you know, to, to the 405, you get off on Disneyland drive and you want to be at Disneyland when the gates open Friday at 8am. So you've got the strategy, you know, the goal, right? Yeah. And so you would never just get in your car and take five North and just start cruising around and be like, where, what should we do today? Yeah. Right. If I, if you flew on my airplane, right. When we're done with this, I'm flying to Buenos Aires tonight. Um, if I got out of the cockpit and said, Hey, everyone, not sure what we're going to do. We may go to Hawaii, maybe go to London, Maybe VA, yeah. I'm not really sure, but we're going to get up in the air. We're going to give it a shot. Not sure if I have enough fuel. Not even sure if this plane can make it, but we're going to give it a go. I'm guessing a lot of people would want off that aircraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yet we do that in our business all the time. Yeah. 
And it's just, and it's not, it's not that we're dumb people. It's just that we've never really thought of that question. We've never been asked it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your goal? I don't know. I want to make money. Well, you can make a dollar and make money. So congratulations. Let's quantify it. And so it takes more than just a, a single conversation, but it definitely warrants, I believe, slowing down to speed up. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, well, listen, in the interest of time, I do want to get to ask you the questions. Yeah. Uh, I know you've got got a, not even a flight to catch. You've got a flight to <laughs> fly <laughs> to pilot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so first question for you, Steve, is based on the name of the show being Know Your Why. So, so what is your why? What what drives you, uh, you know, kind of you, you've, you've already obviously had a lot of success, but what kind of keeps you going? You know, what keeps me going is helping as many people as I can. I really enjoy having the ability to help people that light bulb, that light, like when you and I are talking and I can see certain things firing off in your head, that's what I like. It's the transference of knowledge. And that's, it sounds corny or it sounds weird. Look, I've made as much money as I want as I can make. I, I mean, I can make more obviously, but I'm good, right? I'm an airline pilot. I've sold a business for seven figures. I, I'm doing pretty good financially. I'm not driven by money, right? It's just money's nice. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't get me up in the morning and drive me. So what I enjoy is working and helping people and connecting because life is all about relationships. I'm a big believer in relationships and anyone that knows me, if you talk to, you know, anyone in Brandon Turner's circle or real estate, they would say like, yeah, I'm that I'm, I'm a guy that they would go, you know what? He's a good guy. Hopefully, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But in general, I'm, I, I like that because I like to give. There's two people in this world. There's givers and takers. You never want to be a taker. Always be a giver. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, fantastic. Um, tell us something about yourself. This may be hard since you have such a, a big uh, social media presence. But tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, uh, anything uh, that you're comfortable really. sharing. <laughs> Something about myself that people don't know, man, that's, I'm a pretty transparent person. Um, I had red hair when I was a kid. I was chubby. I was very chubby as a kid. Uh, most people are like, oh man, you're in the best shape in the world. It's like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't think of myself in good shape because I'm running from a life of being a chubby kid. Right. I, don't, I don't know if that qualifies or not, but sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, there's no, there's no right answer to that yeah. question. It's just kind of one of those things that I think, uh, uh, it, you know, it makes people think sometimes that, and especially it's, it's harder for people that, that do have transparent, like, right? Yeah. I mean, of, yeah, like, transparency yeah. out there. I can say like, Oh, I ride motorcycles. Most people know I go to Sturgis and I ride Harleys and my son has Harley. Yeah. It's like, ah, we know that. Tell me something else. You know, I've been right. to every continent except Antarctica. There you go. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I imagine as a pilot, you get you know you get the, the benefits of travel, so that's nice. Yep. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what what's the best the best way? First of all, let me say I am very open. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, if they send me a message on Instagram, it is me that answers them. Um, if you have a question, a comment, anything I could do, I am look. I'm here to serve other people as much as I can. They can find me on Instagram, which is Rosenberg Steve with a, Rosenberg with a Z. Um, Facebook. Um, you know, I have a YouTube channel. My website is probably the best thing. If they want to talk to me about, you know, any of my coaching programs or anything, the website is Steve Rosenberg.com. It's R O Z E N B E R G.com. Um, there you'll find all the stuff and you can get a hold of me. You you can YouTube, you can Google me and you'll find out to get a hold of me. I mean, if you can't, you probably need to learn how to use Google. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll put those important things in the, in the, uh, we may won't put Google, but we'll put, we'll put, uh, everything else in the show notes so people have it but yeah they'll they'll find you i i can speak that you're active on 
Instagram for sure. Yeah. Um, final question for you, Steve. What piece of advice would you give to someone who is trying to get started in real estate and, and they're they're not sure, um, you know, kind of what to do first? You know, the best advice I would give that that I wish somebody would have given me is start with that goal and reverse engineer it. Don't just do things to do things. Do it because it makes sense and it's aligned with where you want to go. And more, and and I would say the caveat to that is bring your family involved in the conversation. If you have a spouse or children, my son bought his first rental property at 14 years old. Um, and and that's because you go you want to be inclusive. I think as entrepreneurs, as real estate people. And I say this very respectfully, we can be very selfish people. Yeah. We listen to, to you and I talking, we read books, we go to conferences. We do it for the ones we love, but we never actually share what we learned with the ones we love. Like Jason went to another conference this weekend. I guess he's going to do a new acronym, a Burke or a bar <laughs> or something. Yeah. And you're just like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I learned it, <laughs> but we don't share it with them. And I, look, I'm guilty of that as well, but, but I've learned that we're on a journey, right? All of us as entrepreneurs, we're like fish swimming. We never go to a destination. We keep swimming. And so bring the people along to the journey. There's no destination in life. Destination is six feet under or whatever your maker is. Um, that's the destination. And so I think a lot of things that we do is we get so caught up being caught up. We forget why we're doing this in the first place. And, you know, we're going, look, we could just, you and I could just have jobs and be fine, right? Most people could have jobs and be okay. But we're doing this because we have a higher calling, a higher passion. Bring people along on the journey. Don't be selfish. That, that's what I would say. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Um, well, listen, this has been awesome. Uh, I really, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing everything with, with us. It's been a, been a great conversation. So thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jason. Yeah, awesome. And uh, people listening, I know you're going to love this episode. Please like, rate, and review so we can get uh, more great guests like Steve. Have an awesome day. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.